Welcome in to a special edition of that SEC podcast. Gonna call this the nightcap. Got my old fashioned here. Hopefully, I won't get too drunk doing this. <laughs> no, I wanted to try something new here. I've noticed uh, everybody and their mother now has got some SEC power rankings. Something I've been doing for a little while now, but. Um, now that everybody's doing them, I got to step up my game, try something a little bit different. I put these bad boys out Saturday night as soon as all the games in the SEC come to an end. Get a lot of reaction, a lot of uh, people wondering what the hell I'm smoking, what am I drinking? Nothing. I try to keep a clear mind, but uh, we're going to start drinking as soon as I put up my power rankings. And that's what this pod's going to be, just quickly. Week three power rankings. Now, of course, uh, watched all the games on Saturday. I go the rest of the week, you know, starting on Sunday and throughout the rest of the week, I rewatch the games, see what I missed, make sure it's very hard to capture everything on a first watch, especially when there's sometimes three, four, five games on at the same exact time. So, hey, these are always subject to change. They're very fluid, particularly early in the season, but. I thought, what better way than to to make a little late-night pod video breaking down my power rankings each and every Saturday night. And let's just uh, get right into it. Number 14, no surprise here, Vanderbilt Commodores. How could you have anyone other than the Commodores right now? They are currently struggling against Colorado State. We all know what happened against uh, ETSU. They were basically not competitive uh, with the Pirates there. So, yeah. Clear and away, no argument there, I think, from anybody. Vanderbilt, 14th. Now, here's where uh, people are already having issues there with the Gamecocks. I got them 13th still. I know, Shane Beamer, first coach to go 2-0 and in 39 years. More than anything, I feel like that's a sad stat to uh, – I mean, it's a great stat for Beamer, but it's kind of a very sad stat for uh, the program there considering you beat uh, ECU today, but last-second field goal – and, I, you know, I'm seeing all kinds of people. Why you got Tennessee over South Carolina? Well, so big issues here for the Gamecocks. Two of 12 against East Carolina on third down. That's not going to cut it. Zeb Nolan, you know, it's a fun story. But uh, I think even in the Gamecock fans there till the very end, they were ready to see his ass pulled. Now, he saved the day. Let's give him all the credit in the world. But... Uh, I don't think there's going to be any South Carolina fans that are going to shed any tears once Luke Doty is back on the field. So still not, uh, I think, obviously, South Carolina, much improved team. And, hell, they could probably sneak up and beat a couple of these SEC teams. This is where I see things now. What have you proven to me this season? I try not to take anything from the offseason into my power rankings. I look at it as if South Carolina were to meet Tennessee on a neutral field tomorrow, who am I picking? I'm picking Tennessee. Tennessee right there, number 12. Now, again, they just lost against Pitt. They just had a school record for penalty yards. They had three turnovers against Pitt, and they lost the game by seven points. Had the uh, they had the ball late in the game, could have tied the score, failed to do so in the red zone. Uh, once Joe Milton came out of the lineup, I thought uh, Hendon Hooker, for the most part, I know he had one bad interceptions, but beyond that, you know, he looked a lot steadier back there. He's the QB1 in my mind. He has been all offseason. Anybody that's been following my work knows that. 
So I think Hendon Hooker still makes Tennessee a better team. My God, if you, South Carolina fans probably missed the Tennessee game because they were on at the same time. Go watch old Joe Milton airball. I think he had six in the first quarter. I'm not even kidding. Wide open receivers, would-be touchdowns. If they can just connect on these throws, Tennessee's offense a lot more potent than it looks like. And uh, I really like the defense, too. They've been sh- showing out for the most part. They looked horrible there in the uh, second quarter against Pitt. But beyond that, pretty solid for whatever reason. Tennessee looks like gangbusters first quarter. Looks like the nation's worst team in the second quarter. Uh, but uh, here in the second half, until they started to, you know, the issue with Tennessee is they cannot afford to lose eight to ten guys like they had on Saturday against Pitt. They had guys not dressed for the game. They had guys get injured for the game. And they just don't have the depth. So right now, not seeing a lot of difference between Tennessee 12, South Carolina 13. But that's where I've got it. LSU, big fall this week, to number 11. And maybe I should have had them fall, you know, in the week one after they lost to UCLA. It remains to be seen how good UCLA is. But, hell, they look like pretty quality. I think by the end of the season, that's going to be a, you know, a loss that is not going to look as bad on LSU's record. But they're struggling with McNeese. Well, I say struggling, but just not getting much going on the ground. And that was the issue against UCLA. Got to get that fixed. And if you're not getting it fixed against McNeese, you're sure as hell not going to get that done in the SEC. Max Johnson bounce back, having a lot better performance. But again, it's against McNeese. Not a whole lot to take there. Auburn beat the hell out of Alabama State today. Number 10. A lot of Tiger fans upset. Why the hell are we number 10? I even dropped them a spot here. Go back and watch that game. They... They dominated the second half. It's Alabama State. I mean, this is FCS team here. This was, uh, I don't want to say competitive in the first half, but not a very inspiring first half. So, uh, you know, there's just not much to take away from an FCS opponent. I don't care if you beat them by 100 points. I said going into the week, this is what I'm looking for, a shutout win. You get the shutout, dominant performance from Auburn, but I just don't know what to take away from beating Alabama State. We'll find out what we Need to know against Auburn uh, next weekend at Penn State. College game day has already announced they're headed to Happy Valley for that Auburn-Penn State game. So uh, it's going to be a hell of a week breaking down that game. But uh, that's where I got Auburn right now, number 10. That's strong. All right, number nine, Missouri. Kick them up a few notches here. I still think uh, Kentucky is a significantly better team. And they proved to uh, you know be at home, got the W. But Missouri, man, they hang in there tight. Eli Drinkowitz was uh, dialing up some uh, beautiful game designs there in the second half. I mean, they all of a sudden Kentucky's defense is suspect. So I I had to kick Kentucky some spots down. I mean, Missouri basically had their way with them there until the uh, the game defining drive with Kentucky did get the big stop. But beyond that, uh, Tyler Beatty had another big day. Bazerlack, I mean, he was solid as ever. But you, you go on the road, you lose to Kentucky, and you only lose by seven. That was with a crazy, crazy crowd. I was, I came away with that game probably more impressed with Kentucky in a loss. Excuse me, more impressed with Missouri in a loss than uh, I would, than I thought I would be. I mean, they they held in there. They had the ball with uh, a, a Potential to tie the game, potentially even take the lead if they scored and went for two. Of course, they didn't get that score. So, number nine, Missouri, looking up for the Tigers, in my opinion. Mississippi State, number eight. Now, I was picking Mississippi State to win, but vast majority of you were saying Mississippi State 
going to lose. NC State was the, was the favorite going into Starkville. They got their ass whooped. Uh, Mississippi State's defense clamped down, did not give up the big plays like they did against Louisiana Tech. Uh, the offense still a work in progress, but this game was never in doubt. Once Mississippi State defense uh, started making some plays early in the game, this was uh, you know the opening kickoff re- re- return for a touchdown. Mississippi State's defense picked off NC State in the end zone. Uh, NC State was uh, you know by all accounts winning on the field, just critical mistakes, and then Mississippi State just just leaned on them, kept leaning, leaning, and the dam broke there in the second half. Completely dominated NC State. So Mississippi State, you're looking up to number eight, 2-0 Bulldogs. Now here's where things get interesting. Number seven, Florida. Now why? I took a Florida down a notch here, even though they won in impressive fashion against USF. We all know USF, not that quality of a team. Now they got stomped by NC State in week one. But I know Dan Mullen does not want to talk about it, but, man, we got ourselves a quarterback controversy with Alabama coming into town next week, and, and matters are comp- it, it complicates matters that uh, Anthony Richardson, you know, we'll get to his injury uh, on the next show, but uh, sounds like he tweaked his hamstring. I don't know how significant that is, but, I mean, at this point, I think if you got any chance in hell to beat Alabama, you got to throw out the freshman Richardson. I've just kind of seen enough of Emory Jones. He's, he's a very solid player, but he's inconsistent. Whereas AR-15, who knows? I mean, he literally might be the next Dak Prescott, the next Tim Tebow. I mean, he looks to be that outstanding in the opportunities he's getting on the field. I mean, hell, he got hurt. He got hurt on an 80-yard touchdown run. I mean, guy's incredible. So you throw – if I find out Richardson's healthy and he's the starting quarterback, I'm, I'm shooting Florida up this list. But until further notice, until Dan Mullen – uh, decides to keep sticking with Emory Jones. Number seven's about where I got you. Number six, Kentucky. Again, more or less you dominated that Missouri game outside of your defense in the second half. The offense was spectacular. Chris Rodriguez went over 200 y- yards. Wondell Robinson had another outstanding game. Will Levis continues to be the real deal. But you kept shooting yourself in the foot. Uh, Rodriguez, two fumbles there near the goal line. Will Levis had the interception. Uh, I guess a better team than Missouri, or if you're on the road potentially at Missouri, those mistakes are going to cost you. So I I docked Kentucky a spot here, but hell, still, 2-0, first SEC win of the season. Things are looking up for Kentucky. That's a hell of a win. At number five, they took a big jump up here. The Arkansas Razorbacks, how can you not be impressed? Just beat the hell out of Texas. Now, I thought Arkansas would win. I'd be lying if I said I thought they were going to destroy them like they did. Uh, over 300 yards rushing on Texas. I knew, man, I don't, I don't know what the hell people are thinking. Barry Odom, not an elite defensive coordinator. Go watch the film. Uh, he mastered Steve Sarkeesian's offense in this game. And I know Sarkeesian's in his first year, Barry Odom's in his second. But still, I don't know how many guys on Arkansas's roster Texas even offered. And that includes uh, Jalen Catalan. I, th- I think he was one of them for sure. Traylon Burks, I would assume, but and we're talking maybe a handful of guys here, yet, I mean, it was just complete domination, and that was with K.J. Jefferson. I mean, I thought he was outstanding, but he did throw an interception and left the door a little cracked open there for the Longhorns. They couldn't, they scored a touchdown. That was about all they did. One touchdown until junk time when they put in the backup quarterback, 
And uh, I thought the best tweet I saw, I'd like to credit this person, but I don't know who it was, said, uh, Texas embarrassed two conferences tonight. <laughs> but I think that's a, that's a slight towards Arkansas because who was saying Arkansas is going to win the game? We were. Remember that. How many podcasts out there picking the Razorbacks to beat Texas? This one right here, by God. Number four, Texas A&M. A lot of people upset with that. Why did I not drop A&M a lot further? Hey, I said it'd be close against Colorado. You going up to that elevation, and the key thing here, Hayes King got injured. Very first uh, series of the game. Now, we don't know how severe it is. Zach Calzada came in. He did not look good. He almost cost him the game. But uh, there in the clutch, he made the play. So, you know, maybe that was uh, Zach Calzada's coming out party because at the end of the game, he made the game-defining play throwing it to Isaiah Spiller. And Texas A&M's defense, still elite. Texas A&M still got all the weapons they had. Now their offensive line didn't look great. They couldn't really run the ball against Colorado despite all these weapons. So it's a major concern. And we need to find out how long King is going to be out. But that's why I docked Texas A&M one spot, got him at number four. Now here, this may surprise you. Number three, Ole Miss. You know, this is less about uh, whipping Austin P's ass and more about uh, what they did in the opener against Louisville and how this defense looked. Loving what I'm seeing from the defense there in Oxford. I know it's early, but uh, you combine that with the offense. Drummond has emerged as the, the number one receiver that uh, they were missing with Elijah Moore off to the NFL. The Rebels are rocking. I think they can beat anybody uh, if Matt Corral has his A game. Number two, obviously Georgia. Just destroyed UAB. They didn't even need JT Daniels. The mailman came in, had a career game. Stetson Bennett, how could you not be impressed with that guy and what he did? Uh, what They beat UAB by about 50 damn points here. UAB is a good program here. But uh, that's what you're going to get from Georgia. If they can hit the deep ball, and they were hitting them today. Three passes, I believe, over 60 yards for the Bulldogs. They're entrenched right there at number two. And number one, of course, Alabama. You know, who cares what they were doing against Mercer? You could tell uh, Nick Saban was fired up about uh, how they were preparing for that one, wasn't happy. Kind of showed early in the game. They they didn't look quite focused for the game. And once they turned it on, I mean, they just dominated like we all knew they would. We'll find out a lot more about Alabama when they travel to Gainesville next weekend. But you know they're going to be a huge favorite against the Gators. And uh, now that Miami is sitting here struggling with Appalachian State, who knows, Miami may have been overrated or, like is an annual tradition, the uh, first team to get their ass hammered by Alabama, it just ruins their damn season. Maybe that happened as well. But, uh, hey, that's all I got. I'm almost out of my drink here. That's my thought of my SEC Power Rankings, and we'll be back on the next episode recapping all these games with Cousin Shane. I lost my little daughter